From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. Here we go! Hour number two. Welcome in, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. We are broadcasting this morning live out at Tenerock. Yes, it is, because officially the fishing has begun. And uh, you see every manner of uh, worm, jigging, flipping baits, everything else. And then, of course, the old and reliable Zebco 808, 202s, and 33s. 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 303s. I I still have an 808. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm just saying, not everybody (laughs) had an 808. They brought the 808 out real heavy for the big catfish. That's right. Yeah. Got to have a little more backbone, a little more drag. About 20, 20 pounds on that bad boy. <laughs> Speaking of 20 pounds, how much does that fish weigh right there on that uh, trophy catch? Uh, I don't know. That's probably one that won a few years yeah, ago. It's probably, probably over 12. Just under 17 pounds, I would imagine. How do you throw that back? <laughs> you do? I, after I, you take I, a bunch of pictures. I look at that, that picture, and I go, man, that is a lot of good well, eating right there. Let's just ask the guy that – let's ask him. He's on the phone, Dave Farrell. How do you throw back a big fish? Yeah, Dave Go, Farrell. Yes, sir. How do you throw back a big fish, man? <laughs> One-handed or two? No. <laughs> <laughs> With all the marlin that he's reeled up to the boat. Uh, exactly. Now, uh, if you I don't know who this – I keep one. That's my problem. <clears throat> what are you talking about? All you need to keep it is a fillet knife and a pickup truck. You're all good. That's- that's the problem. I don't. I, I don't like to keep any more than I can clean, and I don't like to clean many at all. Oh, <laughs> now, uh, if you don't know who we're talking to, David Farrell, uh, you may know him if you watch a little bit on TV. Uh, uh, you'll probably see him a lot with uh, Captain Rick and Bree. Uh, I know that you hang out with those guys, but if people don't know, you were part of the uh, or still are Florida Fishing Report, and yes, uh, of course, uh, editor of Marlin Magazine, the founder of Marlin University and uh, managing editor of Sport Fishing Magazine for a while, too. So you know what you're talking about when it comes to the finned friends that swim in the oceans and in the freshwater areas of the state yeah. of Florida. That's pretty much my area. Yeah. Now, so uh, <laughs> I heard, though, that you were out of your area. And this is the reason what? why Glenn wanted to kind of call you and rub it in a little bit. Is, right. uh, uh This is your – I heard this past season was your first time ever to go out and go do some turkey hunting. I did, yes, I did one day. One day, my first time ever, I went out with uh, my buddy Ray Rocher, who's a big-time fisherman down in South Florida, all over the world, actually. He runs a charter business called the Miss Brit, and uh, he's he's probably one of the best sail fishermen in Florida, and, uh, and he travels all over the world and, and does that. But he's also a really good hunter, and he has a, a, a lease out on the Desiree Ranch, uh, on the Mormon Ranch out there, and south of Hola Paul. And uh, he called me one day when he was coming into town and said, I'm going on turkey hunt tomorrow. Would you like to go? And I, I've never done it. So I said, sure. And uh, we went out there and had a pretty good day. Got one. Got one. So so you finally yeah. got yourself a Jake, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. It was <laughs> 19 pounds. Uh, had uh, one and a quarter inch spurs and a 10 inch beard. It was wow. I tell you uh, what, I've, a, done a, I've done a lot of cool things in my life. I, I have. I've, I've been all over the world, and that was one of the coolest things I've ever done for sure. Now, now did he come in gobbling or strutting or? 
Well, this is what happened. I'll tell you what happened. We were, <laughs> we, were, we got out there early in the morning. You know, got out there plenty of time before the sun came up. We heard them, heard them all behind us. They were probably you know within a hundred yards of us. There was four of them behind us. You could hear them from one end to the other. And then uh, we had a little girl come in right about the time I had to pee so bad I thought I was going to die. Oh yeah, and uh, Been there done that. And it's like when you're hiding, playing hide and seek, you know, and you get hit, you get hid real good. Then you got to pee. Well, same thing. I was just, I was sitting there, just about ready to pee my pants, and I, I asked Ray. I said, "Ray, man, I really got to pee. I'm gonna pee down my leg here." And he goes, "Well, just go ahead and pee out the gun hole." So I stood up, and right about that time, here comes the turkey. So I had to sit back down, and I was already. And ready you forgot to go. all about having to go to the bathroom. I'm sure. No, no, no! I did not forget. I was ready to go, <laughs> and that little little girl came in there, and I was, you know, looking at her, stabbing the thing. And I know that's not a that's not a boy turkey. That's a girl turkey. And uh, so anyway, she wandered off after a few minutes, and I got up and peed out the gun hole. And about the time I sat down, Ray stood up to pee out his gun hole. And as he was peeing, I saw the turkey coming, and I said, "Ray, here comes a boy." And he sat down. <laughs> And he has a, he's got a really cool decoy where he has these little, uh, he's got 130 pound monofilament hooked up to it on these two yo-yos. And he's, he's sitting there and he just turns that decoy back and forth real slow. And, uh, the turkey came in there and started strutting around it. Got the, got the, I've never shot a gun off a stick either. He had a, he had a bunch of sticks in there and I put the thing up on the stick and it was too low and then it was too high and it was, we we're messing around with it and finally got it all perfect and, he was still he's still sitting there, you know, puffed up well, around Seth. that uh, puffed up and drumming around that uh, decoy, and uh, he says, "You ready?" And I said, "I'm ready." And he and head came up, and then it came off. Yeah, well, that that, that, <laughs> that means it went good. It was all good. Well, that's a good it thing was, he had you in a uh, ground blind because you that was your first time out. It sounds like taking the young kid for the first time too. Is. You're moving around. You can't be still. And, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, I he was did. Very for a long time. <laughs> That's called and a nap. The prostate got me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, now, I, this is your first time uh, that you've, you've gone, so are you addicted now? You get, you're looking forward to next year? I mean, are you ready to go, go, go back? I'm ready to go. I loved it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think I'm hooked on it. Well, you know what? I will say this. I've reeled in some pretty big fish before and, uh, and some pretty big tarpon and know mm-hmm. how much it, it's fun at first. But then after about the third or fourth one, it becomes really hard work, and it's not so much fun anymore. (laughs) I can honestly say that I've never had a bad experience out turkey hunting before. So if you're going to try to compare it to the two, catching one big fish is fun. Going out and shooting a turkey anytime you can is even better. Yeah, it was was phenomenal. It was really cool. Are you saying you're ready to hang up your uh, penmanship for the uh, fishing industry and start doing a little more outdoors, woods, and uh, hunting? Uh, I don't think you'd want to listen to what I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 I can tell you. For a few years, and then I might, I might be able to throw in some little bits that you haven't seen before if I go hunting with some good people. But that's how I, you know, that's how you, that's how I got good at what I do now, you know. I yeah. had to go with a bunch of really good people. Yeah, you, know, you I didn't from go. The I didn't go began. out. That's right. I didn't go out and learn all this on my own like some fellas have to do. I've always been very fortunate that I've been able to go fishing with the really the best guys in the world doing it. So it, 
it really helps if you learn from the best. You're, well, it you also helps that you're out like on the said. Mormon Ranch too. <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a lot of them out there. You can yeah, hear them. yeah, it kind of helps when you. So you when it? when is your next Marlin Clinic? Uh, I'm going to Columbia in October. I just was down in Columbia. I was down there uh, two or three weeks ago, and uh, I went down there on an exploratory trip because I was going to be running this trip in October, and I didn't want to go down there without, you know, going down there myself and checking it all out because, you know, it's Columbia. You know, you hear things, but uh, anything you've heard about Columbia, you can just throw away because it's a beautiful country. It was very safe. The streets were clean. It was one of the cleanest countries in South America that I've ever been in. And uh, it was just it's phenomenal. I caught 21 sailfish my last day there, so, too. So, so you're saying they're, they're everything, we, everything we hear about Columbia isn't true? No, nah, not that, you know, it's, it may have been 20 years ago. So they ago don't have beautiful shit. women? Well, there's plenty of beautiful girls there. You know? <laughs> if you're not a married fellow, that's your place to go, I'll tell you that. It's, uh, it's a very nice place. But uh, the fishing is phenomenal, and it's a beautiful country. I mean, the, you know, it's got a jungle that runs from one end of it to the other, and the coastline looks like, you know, you could be riding along and see a dinosaur stick its head out or something, and it's just beautiful. Wow. beautiful well, that sounds like, sounds like a trip that, uh, you know, need an invitation on or something like that. The, the, can I be the back boy of the rod bearer? I'll, I'll carry the rods <laughs> or something, you know, sure the tackle thing. box guy. It's October. Go for my birthday. Yeah, sounds good. Well, Dave, con- congratulations on your first hunting experience with uh, a, a successful gobbler in the cooler and a nice one too. Yeah, ni- yeah a ten man. and a half inch beard, nineteen pounds. That's not that's not the baby. And a quarter spurs, not bad. Yeah, man, it was cool. Well, Dave, thank you very much for uh, sharing your story, even though it's a little crazy, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's fun. Well, come see us. Uh, plan on June fifteenth to come down to Lake Panasofia and do some bluegill and brim fishing. Yeah, we'll see how you Marlin guys do on that little yeah. deal. We bring your electric <laughs> reels with you. I'll teach you how to. I'll teach you how to catch fish with spam. Yeah, I love spam. I'd be eating it. <laughs> thank right, you, David. Thank you, Thanks for the call, buddy. We are big and wild outdoors. Taking a quick break. Brought to you by G Five Feed and Outdoors. Brandon Ford, and we'll be right back. Welcome back, Big and Wild Outdoors. It's not too late. Come on out. Out here to Tanner Rock for the Kids Fishing Derby with the FWC. Great facilities. Um, man, it's just plenty of room to fish. Got really nice boardwalks all the way around these pits. And uh, kids are just lining up, getting everything ready. I tell you what, Randy, you're going to have some big casters over there. Looks like a lot of kids going to be uh, wearing out them rods, trying to win. Oh, yeah. We did last year. I think I did about... 55, 60 kids somewhere in there. Oh, that'll wear you out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, giving them three shots and then uh, having them practice and stuff beforehand, it I'm takes a, takes a little bit of work to get them all through. I'm going to put on my glasses and I'll come over there and act like a kid now, and see if I can. Now, your uh, casting contest, is it is it like a jig or is it, are you overhand casting? What, what they're going to have to overhand cast and it's a little uh, plastic caster that we have that we've had for years here. Uh, and you can buy them at the stores and Walmart, Kmart, whatever. And it's it's probably maybe eighth of an ounce or more. 
But coming off those little zip go type reels, they'll spin push out there. They'll take off. I mean, we've had to get a few out of the trees and stuff. Four sure. pound line, man. You whip that thing for a hundred yards. Yeah. I mean, it'll about empty that that reel. Let me I ask, have, I but got they got to score some points. They got to get it in these circles and score some points. So they'll get three shots at it. And uh, usually, what I do is if they've scored above a certain level, they'll get one more shot because then I have too many ties. So usually I'll do that. Well, just I had a lot of practicing yesterday, so I, I had the advantage on them because uh, flipping that wiggler out there into those uh, shellcracker beds, it was just phenomenal. Just flipping on I got it. I'm, I'm done. Might as well just bring me the gift. You didn't well, then you should have been able to do that G5 <laughs> the other day and pick that sucker right off there and get you a free rod and reel. Yeah, yeah I, I, you I, I missed your, out. You didn't take your fly rod up there? No, I didn't bring the fly rod. I fly fished up there. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was up and uh, did pretty good, caught the bluegills. I went down the river instead of fishing in the lake, and uh, it was really a great time. Now, I did a lot of paddling. It wore me out a little bit, uh, fresh off the shelf, I guess I would say, and uh, paddling back up against the current. I must have paddled down. I, I fished about two miles down and paddled about a mile back up uh, to fish the opposite side, and, man, I just it was a, a great day of fly fishing for me, but... Uh, yesterday I went up there and did a look, as I mentioned earlier, to do a little pre-fishing for the June. I mean, pre-fishing three months out, three, right? Yeah, sure, why not? They won't be on any beds in June, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah, they will. They are they always, will? yeah, they'll be, it's on the full moon week, and uh, so uh, I, I anticipate the fishing will be extremely well. Uh, last year we were on the new moon. Of course, fishing this week, I was on the new moon, the backside of it, right at, well, new moon was first of the week, and, uh, but. The shellcracker were there, so when they move off, uh, the bluegill normally come right on behind them. And but it'll be a great, a great experience for everybody. The fishing will be good year after year. We've, I mean, the the weigh-in is always uh, the baskets come up, and people are bringing their twelve pan fish. And uh, I think every boat except one weighed in fish last year, so it was a. Uh, it was a great time. But yesterday was a phenomenal day. And just because they didn't weigh them in didn't mean they didn't catch them. They just didn't maybe want to. Well, who knows. But I, I will say that it was uh, yesterday the fish were everywhere. A lot of people have been coming up through the week and uh, limiting it out. So uh, when you see people coming up with a cooler full of fish like that or get a picture sent to you like I shared with you guys earlier, uh, it'll make you want to take off work, which yeah. that's what I've done. I said, I'm not feeling too good. Yeah. <laughs> I got a fishing fever. You got a little fishing fever. Bad sandwich. I got to go uh, yeah. go out on the water and get rid of it. Uh, you know what? I wanted to bring up the fact that did you get the uh, little email from the FWC that uh, I know you've been out at turkey the camp. Email. So the email. The email. The, the email. The one that you really wanted to get this year because <laughs> – if you haven't signed up for their newsletter, the FWC's newsletter, you really should because it really does help you when it comes to updates and things. But uh, the one that I just got this past week is a good one. It gives you all the uh, frequently asked questions on the new hunting rule changes. Did you read all that? Did you Did you I, see I all that? I lived it. I know you did, but <laughs> for a lot of those people who haven't, haven't seen it and seen what's coming up, and of course we've talked about it on the show, but... This is a really nice, comprehensive thing that explains yeah. exactly, breaks down everything for you. Yeah. No, I ha- I've i been uh, a little distracted in my FWC life with turkey hunting, so that's going to slow down here probably this weekend. Well, if you if you wanted to know, like, uh, 
What's the new annual statewide bag limit for deer? Uh, that'll give you the answer for that. If you want to know what the uh, what counts towards your statewide bag limit, because you know if, if you kill it during our it counts. Happens in general gun, and a lot of people don't know that. They think it's for each and every season, and, it, and it's not. Uh, any possession limits and bag limits uh, if they're still in effect. Are there any exceptions to uh, bag or possession limits? Can antlerless deer be taken during any uh, day of the deer season? So it, it tells you how do you report it, all that kind of stuff. It's a really good one. It's on my FWC as well, but on the newsletter, it just kind of gives you a breakdown and a link to where uh, you can go get those changes. And uh, I can't do it from here, but once I get back home, I'll try to put the link up on our Facebook page so that People can go right there and see the rules right then and there. Do the link from there. It makes it a lot easier. Also, if you didn't know, we do have a wild turkey registry here in the state of Florida. Didn't you, Bill George? I do know that it exists. But But did you use it? I have not used it. Why haven't you used it? I don't know. That way, you know, they can at least uh, get some idea of how many deer, I mean, uh, turkeys. Well, no, that's not what the state registry is for turkeys. I understand that, but don't think that they're not going to see those numbers and go, oh, there were 16,000 taken out of the. uh, No, I asked about uh, putting on turkey as far as a reporting system. They're not looking to do that in this first go-round. They think deer are going to be challenging enough for them. To me, it's two little clicks for a couple other species. It is. But, you know. They want to go in slow. It's okay. It'll take another five to seven years before we we can get turkeys on there. Well, the the if you don't know, they all, one of the good things about it is especially for kids. If you get your first turkey, you know you get your first gobbler certificate. And you get it and you can frame yes. it. It's really nice and all that stuff. Anybody under the age of sixteen who harvests their very first gobbler, regardless of the beard or measurements, I mean, for to you. You know, it's a trophy, so you can get a nice little certificate. Any bird on public land is a trophy. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, You know? uh, You know, my boy uh, Josh Haker, he took his son out, went on public land. I think he was up around uh, probably, I'm going to guess, around Croom. That's his neck of the woods. And his son got a really nice gobbler this year. And then uh, four or five days later, he sent me a picture. He said, I took my son out for his turkey hunt, and then I went to go on my turkey hunt. And I was like, well, how did you do? And uh, he said, oh, I did really good, man. It was really awesome. It was a great hunt. Uh, uh, it was an experience I'll never forget and blah, blah, blah. I go, what are you talking about, man? It's a turkey hunt. You've been on a million of them. He goes, no, nah, this one was really special. He goes, I'll send you a picture. That's his That's his bird. Ah, that's a little different. That's the oscillated. He went down to Belize and went down. Yeah, <laughs> it's a pretty bird. I, so he went down. He, you know, he took his son out for the old shabby Osceola, but Dad's going to go down and shoot an oscillated turkey. Well, now he's got a world slam, you know, or at least working on one. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that that was that's some pretty colors in that bird. That'll make you want to take a trip. That's one of those birds. Regardless of what it looks like, you know you're going to get it mounted. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, yeah, that, you're not going to eat that. <laughs> you're going to put it up on gonna, the wall somewhere. I got guys who will eat it. I don't know that they have anything more than a tail mounted, and they've killed multiple U.S. slams. Yeah, but that, like I said, that's a unique. That's a sometimes that's just a lifetime opportunity to go and do one of those trips. Like uh, Dave was talking about going down to Columbia to, on a sail fishing uh, thing for in October. You know. For people like myself, that would be a trip of a lifetime. For someone like Dave that goes uh, quite often, then it just becomes, well, 
okay. It's like going and getting an Eastern. Yeah, but uh, you couldn't do that trip. Well, maybe you're not. You're saying he can't get out of the country? No, I'm saying he, <laughs> I, I'm saying he couldn't get out past the dock. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be Chum Kinman. That's what his yeah. name would be, well, Chum Kinman. But you know what's funny is when he was telling that story, I looked over at Gordon, and he just, he just mouthed the words. He went, he did what? What did you say? No, he, when, when he, we're talking he, about how many how many he caught in one day. Oh, yeah. He just uh, – yeah, he just looked at me and he goes, <laughs> yeah, 21 sailfish. In one day? Yeah, one day? I, was I was like, yeah, man. You know, I've known people who've gone down. My buddy JJ went down to Costa Rica. I think they caught like uh, 12 uh, sail, uh, sailfish in one day and uh, caught a couple of little swordfish and, and some other stuff. That's four or by five day, guys sharing different rods. By you, day, know? But, you could do that. That's, it, it, but it's by, by day three, it's like you and me out doing prairie dogs. You get two days of that, and it's like, man, I am done. I'm just going to sit here in the tiki hut and have a couple of Mai Tais. You guys go fishing. <laughs> I'm worn out. Well, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you again about these uh, the new changes that are coming up in July 1 for the hunting season. Uh, we are Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. And Brandon Ford, we'll be right back. Question. I missed the question. What and welcome back. A question. Big and wild outdoors. Questions are being answered, and some are still being just dis- <laughs> in full disbelief. I've never seen Bill jump right onto the FWC site. Well, you don't want to the administration. You don't want to. You don't want to call him out right here while we're off. I'm not the calling air. him out, but I will say, uh, Courtney, if you're listening, um, we could have went hunting with your crossbow last year during muzzleloading season. That I did know because I, if you look at the uh, season dates, they do cross over into the same times as muzzleloader. What do you mean? No, it, we, put your put your mic down. If if the seasons overlap, then yeah, it's, it's not just muzzleloader season. But it's, it, it's not about the season overlapping. It just says right here. Let me read you in this uh, frequently asked questions, as Braden pointed out a while ago. So I pulled it up and looked at the frequently asked questions. Well, and now I says, regret, now I regret bringing up the whole thing. Uh, muzzle loading season. Whenever it kicks in with the date, your bag limit daily is two, uh, possession limits four. It shows it all right here, and it says only muzzle loaders file, fired by wheel lock, flint lock, percussion cap, or center fire primer, including the 209 primers, and crossbows and bows may be used during muzzle loaders season. Did you did you get that? I hear what you're reading I, out well, of this. A, is right, a, this is but, the FWC. But that's not the rules, and I'm okay, going, well, I'm going to work to the rule. The, what do you mean it's not the How rules? How can it be the rule? And I'm looking at the Florida that, Fish and Wildlife Conservation. What year did you season dates? And what species. year did you not go turkey hunting? Because the website showed that the season this was is, closed. But this is look here. What year was that? Two year, two years ago. Yeah, it, it was, was two, two years, years ago. ago. And that's because the FWC. When I talked to them, they said they published a little early because people were wanting to know the new date. So they published the new date, which was still in the, the current season. I do remember him saying that on the air. Yeah, so I did talk to him about that. And they, they said it was just because of the pressure of people wanting to know the new date, so they went ahead and published it while the current date and season was in place. And he freaked out, and he was like, better well, safe than sorry. Don't you remember go. that conversation? Rather, I do. I do. But I I'm just saying that, that was, and I told you one thing. 
we went over this at the Wild Game Cookout with Nick, and Nick said the same thing. And then well, it we've was got an like, officer right over here. We can ask well, her. We're going to work on finding the the actual rule. Why is there some <laughs> sort of statute in each county that's different? No, it's not a county. It, it's I mean, a, it's the this, legal methods of take. Well, I it's just right read it right there, right here. Look at the. No, is, no, is this what, not the what, FWC site? That is FWC's brochure. No, F Florida Fish and Wildlife no, Species no. dates. That's oh, not the on. law. Hunting. Zone map and rules. It's not the law. What's the rule? But it'll do. Well, so I, will, when I, I will work to find it. Oh, my god! And then I'll tell you. Oh. Take so his picture. We'll get Give the, me we'll, a 68A number to look at. We'll get the, uh, we'll get the uh, answer next week, I guess. Well, no, next week I'm going to be at oh, Camp Mac. Well, well, no, I can matter, do the show in the morning, and then i got to run like heck to get over to Camp Mac. Um, uh, Guy Harvey's is doing a alligator training seminar for those people who want to let, uh, go out there um, and that is going to be at uh, Camp Mac next week and they're doing it um, what is it from 1 to 4 from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. they are having you register they are charging you $25 if you want to get into it, it's called it's like an academy for gator hunting captain dave marquette is uh putting it on i'm going to be over there oh, helping he's changing out. the subject Braden. can so, you believe that yeah but, well but i will make sure you have the proper information for reference well maybe if the uh officer she comes back by or he whichever one we'll have to just ask him well you ask know, him right here the, the problem what is, is the rule say that's You're telling not me. the rule. How That's a piece of paper. It's what? not a paper. That's your website. Read their brochure, and the first thing the brochure tells you is, these are not the laws. Make sure you read the laws. Well, now, let me ask you this. I'm going to show them this. This is the frequent and you'll get answer. O- you'll get off with that. Because this is the frequently asked questions, and this is the FWC's response. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to ask you this, Bill, not to put salt in the wound or anything. But I'll you pour just, it on, Braden. You just said that. If they overlap, then it's then it's then legal. you have two seasons going on at one time. It's, okay, it, so it's maybe not that's, overlapping. But if it's muzzleloader only season, yes. What I'll do you find, got? In your rule book, I, the Bill George this, playbook. This, what do you got? This is this is a in depth. So you can go fishing anytime. Yeah, and you can just throw them all back. That way you're safe. <laughs> that you're is safe. true. So yeah. I, I'm just no, but you can keep one I over mean, sixteen never, and four more under sixteen. But see right here, and I'm I'm not. Hey, Bill, I yes. like you. I'm not trying to beat you up, but I went to my FWC, went through the hunting, went through the seasons and the dates, and went all that. Clicked on muzzle loading gun season, and as it says, only muzzle loaders fired by wheel lock, flint lock, percussion cap, center fire primer, including 209s, and crossbows and bows may be used. Muzzle loaders can be loaded from the breech or, from the breech or not legal during muzzle loader. Gun. That's all it says. Maybe that's a recent change. So what I'm saying is, is that um, you have the crossbow season, basically, is from July 28th to August 31st. Muzzle loader gun seasons from September 1st to the 14th. At least that's what they have it for Zone A. Okay. Yes. All right. And in Zone B, you have crossbow from October 13th to November 16th. You have muzzle loader gun season. Uh, from November 17th to the 30th. So right there, they're not overlapping. They end. So when crossbow season ends, muzzleloader season begins. Even in Zone C, October 19th is the end of crossbow. October 20th is the beginning of muzzleloader uh, gun season. In Zone D, crossbow ends at November 21st. 
Muzzleloader season starts December 1st through the 7th and February 18th through the 24th. Yep. So, I mean, it says during those position uh, portions of archery and crossbow seasons when antlerless deer may be taken to either which blah, 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 blah. But it, then it doesn't say anything at all about you can't use uh, uh, a bow or a crossbow during muzzleloader season, but it specifically says you can. That's yep. yes. I don't disagree with that. They could have changed it in this last go round. No, and because I, this is. I'm looking at the 2018 and the 2019 season. I'm looking at last year's information. See right there, 2018, 2019, Florida resident game for bear hunting season yeah. dates and bag limits. I'm just so, saying that if it, how can you? I understand what you're saying is there may be some statute or something that was over and done. But if an officer comes up and you're carrying a bow or a crossbow during a muzzleloader season and you pull this up, what is that going to say to them? Yeah. I mean, uh, they're just going to go off of that. If you if you showed that to a jury of your peers, they would go, "Well, that's confusing." If they got one thing for one thing and then something else, the official webpage is telling you something else. So I'm gonna I'm I'm sorry I'd have to go with what's on the MyFWC, right, Randy? I would. I go with. What you can pull up and show them and say, "Hey, I'm legal. Look at this." I, this we're not says. like we're not like you, Bill. We don't walk around with those statutes in our wallet, <laughs> so it's like we can't go. Well, according to STX seventy five forty six fourteen, as you just pointed out, you know most people can't do that. So um, you got to go with what's in your hand. Well, I am looking right now at six twelve and it does. It does seem to be right now that you can use a bow. Um, or a crossbow? Yes. Do you want to go but, do your but, victory lap real but quick? It, 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 <laughs> I don't want to do my victory lap, but what it really boils down to is after uh, talking to Bill and everything else and getting to what fours and trying to get me in trouble and everything else, I should have went and looked on the site myself to that's confirm true. it. It used to be muzzleloader only, and there are still some places that, are muzzleloader only I'm and sure bows are not on a management area, but uh, but it says right here, it is what it says, black and white. It, it, Actually, it, this is in blue, <laughs> blue print on white paper. You know what? But that that's one of those things where you you've got to know what you're doing, and I know that Glenn last year or two years ago aired on the side of caution. He was it was smart enough to say, you know what. If it's not said in stone and I don't know for sure, then why go tempt the, you know, fate? So. Yeah, because I messed up last year and, and missed out on the uh, uh, crossbow season, and Courtney had bought that new bow. And I said, well, we can go muzzleloader season, and you can use your crossbow. Okay, so we were set to go. And then uh, talking to Bill, he says, no, you can't. And Courtney gave me the what for. And I was like, okay, if Bill says it, then I guess we can't. Well, you know what? It's It's gotten to the point where now – uh, as we've pointed out on the show, you got to have a lawyer. You got to have your phone or whatever. Because nowadays, you got guys. You catch a really nice snook, and you go, "Hey, does anybody know if it's still snook season, or did I? Uh, can I keep this? Or I mean, uh, what? What's the inches? What? Wait, is the Atlantic season? I, well, I don't know what's open. You know, and you just kind of go, "Well, instead of going and combating everything, let it go. Why? You know, why tempt fate? <laughs> just you know, throw it back and let's do what we got to do." That's what Randy Pack does. That's why he doesn't keep bass. Yeah, because if I don't keep them, I, I'm not breaking any laws. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And when the guy stopped me at Instapogo last weekend, he says, how many fish did you catch? Because uh, I had the one that was 16 inches sitting in the live well. And I go, I've caught two fish. One 16, one about 11. And he goes, okay. 
thanks. I was like, well, he didn't want to look or see or anything. No, you, were being, you were being honest. I told him that's all I had was that one 16-inch fish sitting in there, and I'm going, I'm sure I took it off the bed, too. <laughs> so he's probably shame going, well, it's a shame that. He didn't ask you what was in the cooler because that's when you would have had to say, well, there's right. 50 of them in there. Does that count, too? Or well, uh, did you say something about the one in the boat? Well, I, I was afraid he was going to ask me about my life jacket, too, but it was sitting on the well, what seat, was you so afraid he about? Do. You was in compliance. I was, but usually I wear the one you're supposed to wear all the time, and not. But I didn't. I was wearing. You bass fishermen way. are so weird. Yeah. All right, we got to take well, a break. When it's hot, you wear the inflatable. Yep. But when it's cold, you put on the other one, and it was cold. Can, <laughs> I, tr- can I try again now? Yeah. All right, we got to take a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. It has begun. We'll get back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Broadcasting live this morning out at Tenerock. It's the 26th annual Tenerock Youth Fishing Derby. The kids are uh, hitting the water now, man. Some kid just came trotting by with a really nice bass. What do you think that thing weighed? Two, three-pounder? That was in the two-pound range, solid. Nice fish, man. Yeah, it was. And he was, uh, he was here early. He and his dad were here early this morning. And I guess uh, the bass started biting, and he... Pull that bad boy right out. They hadn't come back yet, so I think they're out filleting it somewhere in the parking lot. No, they're fishing again. <laughs> he, uh, I think he just wanted to come up here to get his picture taken with it, and they did, and uh, it's been released back into the pond. Very nice. Well, uh, going on right now from 8 uh, until uh, 1 o'clock, we got the uh, kids' fishing derby going on. Randy Pack's going to get out of here at 9 a.m., and he's doing his little deal over at the casting contest. So uh, you'll be giving away some prizes over there starting at 11. Lunch is going to be served from 11 until 1. So you still have time to get here. Bring the kids if you're out by here close. We invite you to come by uh, to Tenerock. Easiest way to get here, uh, I guess, if you don't know where you're going, would be to have a GPS on your phone like everybody else does except me. Uh, or you could be going across I-4. If you're going eastbound or westbound, take 33. When, uh, what is that? They call that North Combi Road. Correct. And, and uh, go down south of that. And then, I don't know, what is it, about two or three miles down the road? On the left-hand side, you'll see the sign. It says Tenerock Fishing Area. And uh, you might be able to hear it in the background. There's, of course, the uh, gun range also over here to the uh, west of us. People are out there shooting. But right now, there's lots of people out here fishing. And did you see that gang of cane poles go by us man there must have been 40 kids man walking by with cane poles and cups of worms they were out there ready to get it going yeah they're they're definitely uh man they're everybody's intense if you look around everybody's serious about their fishing uh bill just has got a uh a message that came in and it says uh in the past years i showed up at the upper hillsboro with my boat during muzzleloader and they wouldn't let him in really so yeah, so, Bill, you know, maybe Years back passed. then whenever uh, you used to do a little bit more or less of it, uh, maybe that no, wasn't the practice. But no, I believe that is currently the, the rules on most WMAs, and that's where I'll go take a look. Most of the WMAs during muzzle loader season, it says muzzle loaders only, period. That's it. 
Well, if it says muzzle loader only for that particular DMU, then that's just the way it is. But when the state has it listed the way they got it written out now for your question and answers and stuff, and, then that tells so, me that. So I'll take that to the WMA and say, well, the state says I'm allowed to. Yeah. What do you want to do? They're going to say, well, I don't care what they say on their pay thing. The rules are here. You can't use it. Right. And that's, <laughs> what, and that's what the guys just told me over there when I went and talked to them but over it, there. But it's not every DMU. I mean, No, it's, it's not DMU. It's it's management, management areas. areas. And, and a lot of that can be changed if i was a big crossbow person or something like that i'd if i'm going to hunt muzzleloader season i'm going to use my muzzleloader i'm not going i may use a bow during gun season but during muzzleloader season i'm going to use a muzzleloader there's something about it yeah well not only that but uh use take the advantage of it now what did the fwc guy what did you ask specifically randy i asked him if they could use the crossbows during Muzzle loading season. He said, sure, it's a progression. Okay, <laughs> it's a progression. I said, so if it's muzzle loading season, it's from this date to this date, can you use your crossbow? He said, it's a progression. He said, yes, you, if the website says you can, you can use it unless it's a specific management area that says no. All Correct. Right, and, uh, and just about every one of the management areas say no. They say no. Okay. So. But now, were you asking for management areas uh, no. purposes, or are you talking about your lease type yeah, area? This is strictly a private uh, private in, uh, access. Yeah, but you got you should have taken that into consideration, Glenn, because the rules for that are completely different than they are on a management area. Bill George Seriously. knew where we were going hunting. Yeah, and I knew, and I told him, because it's always everywhere I've always been, and I'll go back and look to see what year the rule was set that way, but somewhere along the line it changed. He's going he's to he's get himself. He's going to have a reprieving moment. Well, yeah. uh, well, that's good. You know, I, I heard you run through your little rundown thing that you're going to be doing out of Camp Mac next weekend, but you want to go a little more in-depth on it and give us a little more? I mean, is this one of those educational things for people so that they can kind of get some tips and – tricks and things like that before gator season starts or is this just strictly three guys up there going and then i got a 12 footer one year and it was really awesome well, i did hear you say something this is put on by guy harvey this is this is guy harvey i'll pal- know about gator hunting he, he doesn't that's why he has dave marquette <laughs> 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 I, mean, I don't see no jersey but no shirts with there. gator paintings on them or artwork with gators it's always yeah a, this Guy Harvey got got Camp Mac. That's one of the, the things that they, they, they went out there and did. Um, but they are putting on what's called through their Outpost Academy. Uh-huh. It's called Tips and Tactics for Gator Hunting. And Dave Marquette is the one basically putting, putting it on. I'm going to be out there assisting with that process. And it is next Saturday, April 13th at Camp Mac. They're at, at the in between Lake Kissimmee and Lake Hatchinhaw on the canal there. Um, not far from Kissimmee State Park, but they are charging people $25 to come and get educated. And this is stuff that you're going to have uh, more in-depth training on what it takes to be successful here in the state of Florida. If you go to a lot of these things, the state, they're teaching you some of the rules and regulations and this and that, but this is actually going out there and teaching you some of the stuff from people who actually our successful gator. Well, I will say that you and Dave Marquette being out there, I mean, two of the top uh, gator getters in the state when it comes to tags and, and going out and doing it 
not just every other weekend, but for like you and Dave, that's that's Monday through Monday. Seriously, yeah. uh, during Gator season, you guys are out there doing it. Is there going to be like a little question and answer dealio for my twenty five bucks, where I can say? What's the best best method to, to use? How do you like to do it? I mean, do you dispatch with an axe, a knife, a bang stick? I mean, you know, those. For, for three hours, I'm sure you will have plenty of time for questions and answers for your specific area. Um, I know Dave goes all over the place. I go all over the place. So I'm sure we could give you a little specific tip or trick for the area that you're in. Yeah, because I'm sure a lot of those guys are going to be one of the first questions is, so uh, you guys do pretty good. Uh, what's your favorite lake? <laughs> you know, uh, What's the best one to go well, to? For- I have multiple, but it, it, I have one that's favorite because it's convenient, and then there's one in which I have that's special probably case. my f- more favorite lake, but I can't hardly get a permit for it. Really? So it's. Let me ask you this. Somebody asked me the other day, uh, Dean, Dean Frazier asked me while you guys were out off the air, he said, hey, how many tags do you think are going to be issued for Pinellas County this year? Because he really wants, what was it last year? There were five, I think it was. It's it's a low number, but it used to only be like two tags. And I worked to get some of that increased, and and Hillsborough really attacked a couple years ago and got that bumped up. you know, we we should have more access. And well, I think that Dean was looking to get like a county tag because he does so much freshwater fishing, you know, on the ponds and lakes and apartment complexes and all that stuff all around the areas that he he knows where those gators are. He sees them. He knows where they live. So to get his county tag, that way he can pick and choose what lake he wanted to go well, to. Well, one of the things with Pinellas County is almost all of it is within city or municipality limits. And currently, in in recent history, cities and municipalities have been excluded from where you're allowed to use your county tag in the state system. We're looking at possibly this year having that restriction removed from us so that but it's if, not just Pinellas. I mean, you no, can't it's, get, it's, it's, you can't go to that big swan pond in the middle of Lakeland. And, you know, if you see a gator out there, decide to go get it. Well, I, I could argue in the fact that that's sovereign submerged lands and that doesn't belong to city or anything. And it's, it's state land. But, um, if you want to get, not have the argument, we get the rule changed so that we don't exclude it. Well, these are all the things that you guys can answer. And yes. uh, one of the good things out there, it's happening next week. Out at uh, Camp Mac, uh, if you want to go, is there a website or can, yeah, go a to outpostacademy.com, and that's Guy Harvey's site there, and you can register there and get signed up. That way, they know who's coming and can is he going to be you. there? Who guy? I don't know. Ah, uh, he's got to show up. His name's on it. All right, well, we got to take a quick break. If you want more information on it, you can give us a call at eight 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 four zero four ten ten. That's triple eight four zero four ten ten. We are broadcasting live out of Tenerock. Randy's getting ready to get out of here. You yeah, gotta I gotta go. Contest, I gotta man. go. Put they're starting to put it together now, right. so well, I gotta go. Well, thanks for coming by. Now get sure. out of here. All right. All right, we'll be back. We're brought to you by G Five Feed Outdoors and Brandon Ford. <laughs>